Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bills Up podcast hosted by yours truly, Andy Mack. Last week we had our fearless leader, Cody Engel, over at Roster Up Media introduce myself as the new member of the Roster Up team and the new pod runner of the Bills Up pod. Roster Up Media is the home to tangible insights on NFL and fantasy sports. So go check us out over at Roster Up on our website and our Twitter and our Instagram. You're going to find a bunch of articles and podcasts on daily fantasy sports, season-long fantasy sports, and now certain teams will have their own podcasts and articles as well. We have the Bills now, the Giants, Jets, Panthers, Lions, and we keep adding more each day. So hop on, listen to some pods, read some articles. If you want to join in on the team, reach out to us. But other than that, let's get started. Alright everyone, I'm so excited to finally bring my Bills knowledge and analysts to everyone now instead of just going back and forth with my friends and family yelling at each other, texting each other. But for instant Bills updates, polls, and conversation, you can follow me at BillsUpPod on Twitter. I'm constantly tweeting all day about the Bills, so if you need info, BillsUpPod is the place to look. But today's episode number two. We are recording on July 20th on Tuesday. This will come out on Wednesday, July 21st, which is one week away from day one of training camp where Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and the whole crew are going to be going to not St. John Fisher this year. They'll be doing their training camp at the Bills facility. So we're going to get ready for that. With this podcast, we're going to be pointing out seven storylines that I'm going to be focused on, at least at the beginning of the start of the preseason. So... Our first storyline, let's just get right into it. I'm going to make these episodes, I'm going to try and keep these episodes a little shorter during the summer. Not much I want to get into the start. I want to keep them short so people can listen to them on their rides to work or their when they're going on their afternoon walks on the treadmill or going to get some coffee or however we do. I want to try and keep these episodes about 20 to 30 minutes a little shorter. And then once the season starts, we might progress into a little longer with post-game analysts and all of that. But Right now, let's get into our first preseason storyline. And if you've been following in the Bills, you know this is probably the number one storyline that we're all looking forward to. And I don't know. I can't even say that I'm looking forward to it, but I'm very interested to see how this tight end position is going to look. I keep saying to everyone that the rich only get richer in the NFL. And you see with the Chiefs that they needed their pass protection. They went out and got two legit pass protectors. The Bills, they needed pass rushing. They went out and got that in the draft, but they also needed a little more from the tight end position. You see these Super Bowl teams with Travis Kelsey, Gronk. You see that the tight end is a huge, huge, huge part of the offense. And right now, Dawson Knox is just not doing it. He's just not doing it for me. His rookie year, he had a 20% drop rate, which was the worst in the league. And that's just, I can't even fathom. And he actually did a good job of cutting that into 50% less his sophomore year by making it a 9% drop rate, which is still bad. You can't be a tight end and dropping one out of 10 catches. All right, Dawson. And again, the blocking isn't that special either. So, I mean, I really thought the Bills by this point would have went would have went out and found a different tight end. I thought Ertz, I still think Ertz is still possible. We'll talk about that later. That's another segment that I want to get into at the end. 
But right now, the tight end position is what everyone, and I know the whole Bills staff and management's all going to look at. All eyes are going to be on Dawson Knox in his first couple preseason games and training camp. How's he doing? How's he doing in his competition against Jacob Hollister? Jacob Hollister, I've, I've also heard, has been doing has been splitting once with Dawson Knox and Jacob Hollister coming from Seattle who wasn't too bad I remember him being pretty solid last year um he can have a real role in this offense as well but just between if we want to be a Super Bowl team and we want to be throwing the ball which we look like we're going to be we're going to be getting digs doubled almost every game and there's nothing that's going to help that more is than a more uh vertical threat at tight end someone who's going to catch the ball on a consistent basis and someone who's going to block and right now i don't know if dawson knox and jacob hollister are our tight end answers for the rest of this season i really believe that if they come out slow they don't come out popping and they don't come out showing anyone that they're going to be legit this year I think the Bills might make a move for Ertz. I still believe I'm getting I get Ertz every day. I get Ertz on, on Instagram on Bleacher Report once a week that the Bills and the Ertz are near a deal, and I'm like, just get it done. I'm okay with giving them a late round pick maybe in Sweeney for Ertz because right now the tight end uh, depth chart is Knox, Jacob Hollister, Tommy Sweeney, rookie Quentin Morris, and Nate Becker, who's pretty much just a blocker. So. If you want to be a Super Bowl team, you want to keep that high fine passing offense going against Mahomes, those tight ends aren't going to do it. But Dawson, we'll give you a shot. I'm going to I'm going to be focused on you. I know you went to the tight end you. We went with all George Kittle and Olsen and all the all the greats at uh, Kelsey and all the greats at tight end you. So maybe you'll learn a little more going against your peers, seeing their type of moves, seeing what they can do. So he's going to get a shot, and that's going to be the number one storyline that we're going to look into at the beginning of preseason, is what are we going to do at the tight end position? Is it going to stick, or is it, are we going to upgrade? And we're moving on into our next preseason storyline, and that's going to be another big one that people are going to look at. It was something that we... Um, something that we highlighted in the offseason, and that's who's going to stand out on this defensive line. So me saying before that, Obviously, pass rush was something we went into the draft. We really need, had needs there, so we went and drafted Greg Russo in the first round, and then we went and got Carlos Basham Jr., Boogie Basham. And these are two guys that we need, need, need to pan out because we just spent our first two picks on them. These are two guys that can get to the quarterback. They're freak athletes. So I don't believe that they're going to make an immediate uh, impact right away. I do believe that with veterans like Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, Starla Tule, and even Ed Oliver having some years under his belt, that they're going to learn from these guys. And I believe if our DUR, Leslie Frazier, is going to be helping them out as well, just being a veteran defensive coordinator. And I believe that these guys will see their bigger impact towards the end of the year. But I do believe that these are going to be two uh, picks that we're going to look back on and say those are great picks um, because – it's a passing game now, and you got to get to. You saw in the Super Bowl, the Bucks got to Mahomes, and that's how they stopped him. And that's obviously what we need. The two things we need to beat the Chiefs next year are to get to Mahomes, and we need to be able to guard Travis Kelsey. So, getting to Mahomes was the number one thing. He didn't even get touched in the AFC Championship. Even in our playoff game against the Colts, Philip Rivers wasn't getting touched either. These are just things that it makes the, our defense so much easier on our great secondary if we have someone rushing the quarterback, making them throw a quicker passes. So, getting into the defensive line, I want to talk about who's going to stand out this um, preseason. And 
beginning of the year we'll get into but i also want to see who's gonna who do you, who do i think is gonna make it on the 53 man roster towards the end it's gonna get tricky when you got guys with guaranteed money you got guys of higher contracts guys that you've been drafted it gets a little tricky when the decisions come on who's gonna make the roster who's gonna go to practice squad and who's gonna get cut so talking route we saw so last year the bills took let's see how many i believe they took five defensive ends last year they took nine defensive linemen they took four d tackles and they took five dns so let's see how we do that this year so we'll lock in so we got d tackles we're gonna lock in star we're gonna lock in ed you got vernon butler that's gonna get paid five million dollars this year i'm not the biggest fan of him but i believe it'll probably be ed star vernon butler and then i like fa the new uh, acquisition from the Panthers. He can play inside and outside. I've heard he's been playing inside in camp, so FA's good. And then it'll be also between Phillips and Zimmer, I believe would be the other two that would be on the cut. So FA, Phillips, Zimmer, Butler, those would all be kind of fighting for those last um, those last two spots. I believe Butler has a higher uh, – let's see what Vernon Butler's cap hit would be next year. If we did cut Vernon Butler – his cap hit would be going to it. Because I am not the biggest fan of Burn Baller. I wouldn't mind seeing F.A. and then Phillips or F.A. and then Zimmer. What's Vernon Baller's cap hit? Vernon Baller's cap hit would be $3.5 million. So, all right. I mean, they're probably, they'll probably take him. But we'll see. So, we'll go, yeah, we'll go with Vernon Butler and F.A. And then Phillips and Zimmer would be. Either one of them will be practice squad or cut, and we'll go from there. So those four D tackles, let's see what five DNs we'll take. We'll take, obviously, we're going to take our two rookies, Basham and Russo. I believe Empanenza makes it, and then I believe they're going to go with the two veterans in Mario Addison and uh, Jerry Hughes. I believe that'd be a good combination, getting two really good veterans, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, have been in very competitive games, have been in a long career. It's Kobe Jerry Hughes' last year. We said we have him for $9 million this year. The tricky thing is, I don't think, or obviously not going to do it. He's going to be our defensive cat. Like, he's going to be our leader. He's that veteran presence we need in the locker room. If we did cut Jerry Hughes, we honestly would save $6 million, which is a pretty big hit. Uh, different from Mario Addison. If we cut him, we'd still have to pay him $8 million. So I'll get into later. Um, what maybe my ideas would be with Mario Addison, but Jerry Hughes, I think we'll keep at that nine million just for this year and next year's unrestricted free agent. You never know; he might play a couple more years, might retire. So, but we'll go with our five defensive linemen: Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, Russo, Basham, and Epinenza. So, I mean, getting into Epinenza again, I went over Russo and Basham, Jerry Hughes, Addison. They're obviously the veterans. I believe that they'll probably start our year for us out there but the bills did a good job of rotating in last year they do a really good job of rotating uh their second unit dns a lot of them get time it was a lot of 60 40 percentages even some 55 45 percentages after the game with their snap counts so they do a good job of playing everyone they definitely need some good dns but epinenza i believe really has got to show it this year he's got to show that speed and how he got the edge i give him the year off that's fine i mean he was our second round pick a little weird year with no kind of preseason, so I definitely want to give him that full year. He definitely looked better towards the end of last year. Um, do I believe that Basham and Russo are going to take as long as Epinenza did? I hope not. I hope they look a little better than Epinenza did. Um, so 
having those three young, and he's still young, so he's still going to learn this year. Having those three, those could be our cornerstone DNs for the future with Ed Oliver in the middle. So hopefully those all turn out, and by halfway through the year, we're seeing a lot more playing time from, from those young guys, and hopefully they're making a difference, making some plays. So with that would leave out a couple of guys that I do like, like Daryl Johnson. That would leave Daryl Johnson getting cut, who's been a great special teamer for us, and he's been just a big athlete on the end getting to the quarterback as well. Not getting as the sacks, but he's just he's a pretty freak athlete on the edge, and he's been a great special teamer, so it'd be tough to let him go. And then D-tackles-wise, Zimmer, I loved Zimmer last year. He made that play on Cam Newton with the fumble, so it'll be tough to let him go or Phillips, who we drafted. These are tough guys, but it's a tough league, man. You gotta, you gotta, you can only bring on the best. We got good D linemen. Maybe we make a trade, which I could talk about in our last segment. But it's not like these guys aren't good. It's not like I don't think Daryl Johnson deserves a spot on a team. It's not like I don't think Zimmer deserves a spot on a team. But it's just, it's looking like we did upgrade our DNs. I believe Epinens is going to grow. And then bringing in two rookie DNs that are going to contribute this year is just a great way and I really think we did a great job upgrading this position and lastly just a quick well about the Noah Ed Oliver needs to take a big step forward is something that I wrote down yeah that's true it's true I mean we saw a little flashes of his rookie year we saw a little bit last year he can be a presence I think he really wasn't used to being that number one D tackle yet because star sat out I think this year he could benefit off a of star coming back playing off of a little less double teams down the middle so I do believe that Oliver comes out with a big year next year. And he's got to show us. He's a top 10 pick. You don't draft D tackles in the top 10 if you don't if they're not going to be uh, studs. So I'm expecting him to come out this year strong. We still got him under contract for the next two years. But D-line, I believe we did improve. And a couple of guys, I'll give you one guy. I'll give you two guys who I believe are going to stand out in preseason. I'm going to go with Boogie Basham, I think, is going to stand out. He could honestly maybe end up being better, have a better year than Russo this year. And I'm going to go with, I'll go Ed Oliver. I think Ed Oliver having a little more experience under his belt is going to stand down this preseason. Our third preseason storyline that we're going to go over today is the offensive line. So we just went over the defensive line. We're going to switch over the offensive line. Something that's been a little better than the defensive line in the pass protection wise, rush, uh, running, uh, running, uh, our running blo- run blocking has not been very good as well, but we're going to go over some of the different combinations that we went through last year, some of the rookies that we drafted, some of the um, injuries that are going to be- that have taken place and how, uh, how we're going to go into this season. With the offensive line, I think our biggest thing is staying healthy. Uh, last year, John Feliciano was hurt a lot. Mitch, Mitch Morse is getting scary now. He's had a couple of concussions that are... It's getting a little dangerous, so I'm getting I'm a little nervous for Mitch here because he's a great center that we went out and paid, and he's great. Whenever he's in the – you can tell when he's playing, and when he's not playing, you can tell. So to go to my question of the offensive line that I want to talk about is, is it going to stay to what it is at the end of the season? And the end of the season, we – from left to right, we started Deion Dawkins, left tackle, and then we started Ike, Botker, Bodker, whatever, I forgot how we got to get the right pronunciation of that. Mitch Morse, uh, John Feliciano, and Darrell Williams. And that's how we finished our year. It was It's great. Darrell Williams had an unbelievable year on his one-year deal, which deserved him another three-year contract, which we gave him. Um, talking about contracts real quick, between Darrell Williams, his three-year deal, and then Deion Dawkins' deal, 
I believe we got a steal out of these tackle. That right now tackles are getting paid almost as obviously not as much as quarterbacks, but they're getting paid a ridiculous amount of money, more money than tackles have ever made. And we got Deion Dawkins for like fifty-eight guaranteed money, and I just saw Taylor Moten of the Panthers just got like a seventy-something deal. Uh, Ramchak or whatever that was got like an eighty million dollar. Like Deion Dawkins is a legit left tackle who is going to be here for a while, and we got him pretty cheap. And then we got Darrell Williams for the next three years for pretty cheap as well. So just some more praising of Brandon Bean and his contract hiring. But to get away from the contracts, is this line going to stay what it was at the end of last year? And that really has to do with Cody Ford. And Cody Ford has been disappointing his last two years. So he's a guy who's been going back and forth between tackle, guard. I feel like they really can't find the right spot for him. I think his best position is going to be a tackle, but just right now, Darrell Williams is just the better right tackle than him. He just played way better than him last year. And then they try to move him to left guard and right guard, switching back and forth. And Ike and John Feliciano were both better than him as well. So Cody Ford, I believe, is definitely going to start this season not on the starting offensive line, but he's got to be ready to go because we've had a, we had a lot of guys that went down um, last year that we needed some backups in. Brian Winters played a little. And uh, we, we're going to need him to definitely play a lot this year. So eyes are going to be on him this training camp as well. Is he going to bring it? Is he going to get that experience that he's had the last two years? And he's going to try and prove some doubters wrong. Because right now, there are a lot, a lot of Bills fans in Buffalo and a lot of Bills fans all over that have lost faith in Cody Ford. And I'm almost there. I mean, I believe he's still an athlete. I'll get, I'm, again, going to give him this year. I always like to give... Um, I always like to give young guys at least three years, thirty years the way they um thirty years the way that and then they come out or if they flop. So I'm gonna give Cody this year when he gets in. I'm sure he'll get time, but he's gonna be the biggest question mark going into this offensive line. And Bluth, our pass protection, I don't even need to say anything. Pass protection was great. Josh had an amazing year in the pocket, just not being touched as when sacks went down. But just from the running game, I know our running backs, which we'll get into weren't the best last year but the running the run blocking was also just pretty pathetic i believe every like first and 10 or second and eight where we tried to run it up the middle it was a guaranteed about one or two yards it can never just get to the next level and the run blocking was uh was definitely something that we need to improve on this year maybe some of our rookies that we drafted we got we drafted two rookies in the third and fourth round and spencer brown and tommy doyle so i could see those guys impacting um coming in playing a little bit Maybe that'll help um, some run blocking with Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle and Spencer Brown are two tackles that I believe are going to back up Dawkins and Williams. So maybe we'll get a little bit of that. We also got a little bit of Ryan Bates last year, so we'll see a little bit of him this year. I know we brought in Bobby Hart. We got Forrest Lamp. Um, but that's how our offensive line. I'm not going to get too much into the offensive line. It wasn't the biggest issue last year. The only issue was them was just them combined with the running backs in the running game, which we'll get into. But our offensive line is really going to come down to can we stay healthy and can we keep Josh protected? And then just with guys filling in, because we know guys are going to go down. Some of the offensive line, you're always getting guys that are going down. So we need those guys to be able to step up. We need our rookie Spencer Brown, Tommy Doyle to be ready to go. And we especially need Cody Ford to be ready to go. All right, we're moving on here into the fourth preseason storyline. These last, uh, we got three, we got uh, we got four more. We got the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. We're going to keep them a little shorter. 
Um, the more important ones were at the beginning, but we're going to keep these a little shorter. But this one could be the most important of all, and it's the running game. And the running game, I want to look for right away. First week of training camp, are they making Zach Moss the number one, not 1A, 1B, the number one running back? My time with Devin Singletary is done. It's not like it's not like Dawson Knox. I give him another year. Cody Ford, give him another year. I've seen enough of Singletary. He's a small back. He's got good balance. I'll give him that, but he's not as fast as his height should be. I feel like it should be a little bit faster. Could it be a little more quicker. He's got just pretty solid balance. And for the people that say that he's a way better receiving back than Zach Moss and he's just going to be our clear receiving back, I disagree. I believe Zach Moss can be just as good as a, a receiving back as him. Zach Moss had a receiving touchdown last year. Devin Singletary didn't. They both averaged the same amount of yards per reception last year. And I believe if you throw out a screen pass to Zach Moss behind three offensive linemen and then the Devin Singletary behind three offensive linemen, I'm taking Zach Moss. The guy's going to run harder. He's going to run over those cornerbacks. And I believe this year is going to be a, a big year for him. And that's just the mis- that's the what I'm looking for from the coaching staff is that I don't want this to be a 50-50 committee backfield. I know they also have Breda too, and they got Antonio Williams who could uh, who showed showed some flashes last year. I'm not sure one they're going to keep one of those. I kind of like Breda, and I wouldn't mind if they threw Breda in for a couple a couple carries. But my time with Devin Singletary is over. I mean, obviously, as a Bills fan, if he comes out and he come turns into like a Darren Sproles type of X factor in some games where he can take a, a couple of receptions, he could take a outside handoff pretty deep and be a factor in some games. I'm obviously gonna love it. I just don't see it happening. I think Singletary's days um, with this team are pretty numbered. Not uh, like he'll be on the team this year unless we go out and get someone, but. I believe that in order to make Zach Moss the best running back that he can be this year, you have to get behind him from the start. I believe that they need to make him their number one back. He's got to be their back. And goal line, no matter what, receiving, receiving. I don't want him getting taken out for receiving. I mean, I'm not saying Zach Moss is a great receiving back, but I don't think Devin Singletary either uh, is either. So Singletary, is, uh, Zach Moss is a better blocker as well which is again we're going to need for Josh. I mean, our pass blocking's been great and I'm not going to put all the blame on the running backs last year. It was just it was pretty bad last year. How many rushing yards did we have at total? I mean, Singletary went 156 attempts for 680 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Zach Moss 112 attempts for 481 yards. We know that Zach Moss didn't have a, a preseason. It was a no preseason last year. He got hurt. He had a little ankle issue. And then he had a couple fumbling issues. Not saying Zach Moss had a good year at all last year. But I believe if you get behind him this year, you can get him to be the best running back he can be. You give him that confidence on being on a super, of the starting running back of a Super, uh, super Bowl caliber team, I believe he's going to play his best football. I mean, we need to take a little bit of pressure off Josh on running the ball. I like when Josh makes his decisions. He runs on those outside sprints. But when it comes to the goal line, I say we limit. We don't. We can limit some of these Josh hits that Josh takes on the goal line. These helmet to helmet. These not obviously you're not sliding on the goal line. So Josh is taking these hits. He had eight rushing touchdowns last year, and he had 102 uh, rushing attempts. So we gotta. I mean, it just only helps our quarterback to keep this guy that we're about to sign for millions and millions and millions of dollars and our golden arm of a quarterback that it puts a lot less pressure on him when he's got a running game. 
And and to win a Super Bowl, you can't just you can't throw the ball hundred percent of the time. You got to have a little bit of running game. It's it's harder to game plan against you if you can run. Not saying that it needs to be. Not saying that it needs to be a fifty fifty passing running game next year, but it should be seventy thirty. We can't be going into the season with an eighty five percent passing and fifteen like fifteen percent running. It's got to be we got to have some give. All right. So Zach Moss is my pick for being our starter this year my pick for being our workhorse and pretty much me saying that I'm done with Devin Singletary and that's pretty much it we got Breda we got Antonio Williams maybe they come in make a little bit of a change maybe Antonio Williams makes over Breda that'd be kind of a shock to me if Antonio makes uh, Williams makes the roster but we'll see we'll do roster cuts in a couple weeks uh but right now my biggest my biggest thing with this running game is that I want them week one saying Zach Moss is our starter and it's not going to be a committee backfield. So that's what I'm looking out for, and that's what we'll get back to. All right, our next segment, we're going to start getting into some training camp battles that I'm going to be looking forward to and looking to see who's going to win. And the first one I want to talk about in this segment is the return specialist. We've been blessed. We were kind of blessed with Andre Roberts the last couple of years being a great returner. He was excellent in kick return last year and punt return. So missing him, he left. I'm not even sure where he went to, but uh, it stinks that he is gone. We lost him. But now that opens up a new spot for someone. That opens up a new return spot. Who's going to be our return man? A kick return, punt return. Return game's huge. And we saw that with Andre Roberts. He was... When he comes down and he starts a game with like a 40-yard return, he starts a half of a 35-yard return. That just that just gets your sideline going. So, I'm not going to I'm not going to never say that special teams and returning game is not necessary cuz it's so important. And returning last year, we had Andre Roberts had 961 yards. He didn't have a kick return touchdown last year. And he didn't have a punt return touchdown last year. But guess who did? Isaiah McKenzie. He had one punt return, and he took it 84 yards to the house. And I think right now he is probably the favorite for our kick return and punt return specialist. I love Isaiah McKenzie. I'm so happy that they brought him back. He's just a small little gadget. He can run the ball on those sweeps that they do, Those also those little touch passes. So I'm really happy that he's going to be back. What is he getting paid next year? Isaiah McKenzie, he's getting paid... They gave him a one-year deal. They gave him like a one-year, $1 million deal. So going through the receivers, he's definitely going to make Yeah, so they took six receivers last year. They'll take Diggs. They'll take Beasley. They'll take Gabe Davis. They'll take, they'll take Diggs. They'll take Beasley. They'll take Gabe Davis. They'll take Sanders. And then they'll definitely, yeah, they'll take McKenzie as a fifth. And then maybe that sixth one could be... Another guy, here we go. And our sixth one could be two other guys who can be other specialists, speedsters. Sixth round pick, Marquez Stevenson. We drafted him this year, and he's from Houston. He was a kick returner, basically. We pretty much purely based him, I think, on his kick returning. I don't think he's going to be any sort of impact in the receiving game. But he, uh, Marquez Stevenson, he returned 38 kicks for 900 yards and three touchdowns in his time in Houston. He started his 2020 season with his first kick return touchdown of a 97-yard touchdown, which I saw the other day, which was pretty ridiculous too. So 
This guy's a speedster. He's small though. I read a I read an MC, NFC scout said that they think his um, history of injuries and his size is going to be tough for him to play in this league. So I can see the Bills making a decision on that. And then there's also another guy who we drafted last year, receiver Isaiah Hodgins. And Isaiah Hodgins we have under contract for the next three years. Last year he was hurt. He was from Oregon State. We drafted him in the sixth round last year as well. But this guy's also a speedster who I've heard um is also going to be trying out for the return specialists so i'm excited to see who's going to come out on top out of that i would say the favorite right now is going to be isaiah mckenzie and then i would say probably hodgins would be my second and marquez stevenson would probably be my third um yeah, those would be my three. I think I saw that Tredavious is going to be taking some punts in training camp. I'm sure they probably won't go with that in the regular season, but that's kind of funny. He did return punts at LSU a little bit. He's a speedster, we know. Um, trying to think of anyone else who may be, but I'm very, I'm excited to see. It's going to be interesting to see someone else back there other than Andre Roberts. Andre Roberts is real solid. He wasn't the fastest, but he, I feel like he always knew which holes to go on kick return, which is a really good thing on kick return. You don't always need to be the fastest. You just need to be the smartest. You don't want to run right into a gunner and get leveled. So let's see this year. Isaiah McKenzie's a little, he's small. It'll be it'll be interesting to see him back there. Maybe take him on punt returns, and then maybe you go put Stevenson or Hodgins, whichever one of them dresses, on kick return. Um, that could be interesting. So that's what that's what I just that's a can that's a storyline that I'm going to be looking forward to. I'm going to be searching and finding out as much as I can during training camp on who's going to be taking some punts and kicks back for us next year. All right, we're going to get into another camp battle as well. This one's going to be who is going to be starting alongside Tredavious White at the cornerback position. We got the rest of our secondary shored up, signed for a while. We got Tredavious, Micah, and Jordan back, 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 all. And that's going to be our secondary of the now and the future. And it's been awesome, and I have zero complaints. I love those guys. But now that cornerback two spot again goes into another training camp battle the last two years levi's won it every time every year he's gone into a battle with last year was josh norman i think the year before was uh kevin johnson and and ej Gaines were guys that he went against and he came out on top both years and now they're putting him in that spot again he is this is going to be his third year out of alabama he was um undrafted by the bills and He's produced, I will give him that. He's got the experience going into this battle. And who I think this battle he's going to go against, it's going to be Dane Jackson. And I believe that the Bills want Dane Jackson to win this job. Dane Jackson is a smaller, undrafted guy out of pit. This is going to be his second year. Dane Jackson played five games last year. He started two. He had an interception against Darnold, against the Jets. But... I believe that this team wants Dane Jackson to win this job because I think they see Levi as a better backup, just a fill-in, like a great guy you could throw out there and be ready to go. But I believe Dane Jackson's going to bring that energy every play that they want to start the game. He's a, uh, he is an animal. He is a workhorse. Aaron Donald came out in the this offseason saying that he like praises Dane Johnson for helping him work harder every day. So you know if he's working out with Aaron Donald, you know he's that type of guy who's uh, getting gritty in the uh, – in the weight room, getting gritty on the field, and just the type of guy you want on that defense that's going to be loud, going to be energetic. And that's who now I'm rooting for, I'd say, to win that job. Not knocking Levi. He's been good. He's got the experience. He's just been on and off. 
There's games where he's been great, and then there's games where he gets picked on. There's games where he'll make a big interception, and there's games where he'll get a bad pass interference. So it's just he's on and off. I'd like to start the season with Dane, seeing what he's got, see if he can bring it. Because you know people are always going against going away from Trey. So whoever this is in this position, it's a tough spot. You're going to get a lot of action. So I can see in preseason them sitting Tredavious, while obviously one or two of the preseason games, and letting Levi and Dane both go out there. And I just think whoever brings it in preseason and training camp, they're going to get the job. This is no one's job right now. It's completely up to either one of these guys. So we're going to see how that goes. My faith, if I had to put money on it, uh, if I had to put money on it, I would say they go with Levi just because of the experience. And but it's not gonna be a it's not gonna be a definite. I'd still Dane can easily win this job. But if I had to put money on it, it'd be Levi. And I'm rooting for Dane though. So there'll be outside corners, inside corners are refined. Taron Johnson's been good. Syrian Neal's been good, who's also a speedster. I forgot to mention him with kick returning. He can maybe do a little kick returning as well. I've heard that he is one of the fastest guys on the team too. He's great on special teams. He gets down to the kick. He get on kickoff. He gets down there in a flash, just laying, just laying someone out. So I, I'm a big fan of Sierra Neal as well. Um, so, but those are inside corners. We don't really need to have a conversation about that. That's pretty set up. We know Taron Johnson had the best play of the year last year with that pick six off Lamar in the playoffs. So you know he's coming back for more this year. He's a great nickel corner that I'm excited to have back. And this secondary is just I, I, no complaints. I haven't had a complaint about the secondary in years, and that's what I love about this Bills defense is that this secondary is awesome. That's why I'm always big on the pass rush. If we can get a better pass rush, make these quarterbacks throw out a little more faster, we can find some more interceptions for these guys. And bringing back Milano now with an extension, covering the tight end spot, I mean, it was just it was bad last year. I know I'm getting off of the cornerback two battle, but now – just getting into where Milano couldn't guard Kelsey for his life and we had to go zone the whole AFC championship. It's just something that was hurting our secondary. It just hurt our whole defense overall, just only playing zone. I believe these are guys that can play man. I believe Drew Davis is a good man guy. I believe Dane Jackson can be a good man guy. So I want this defense to play man-to-man this year, and I want us to be able to. Hopefully Milano's going to bring it next year. I know Kelsey's going to be one of the best tight ends of all time. So we're going to have to find out, and I trust Lesnar Frazier has done his homework this offseason, and we're going to bring it next year. And we are at our last preseason storyline that we're going to be looking out for. Thank you, everyone, that's been listening so far. We have gone to our last storyline here. Uh, this is where I'm going to talk about some trades that may happen, who I might think may get traded, some signings maybe that we can bring in, Something, some things that... I wouldn't be shocked that happened. And then I'm going to finish by talking about the, the Allen extension a little bit. But first, some trades. I'm going to start with Ertz. I have to. I said I was going to get into it. I, I, We've heard Ertz to the Bills rumors for months now. Um, back on the Dawson Knox thing, I don't need to go over it again. But something I would not be shocked if, if we sent around a mid to late round pick, maybe Sweeney for Ertz and this is just a move that I think is a no-brainer if this is on the table if we can somehow get this guy this guy was one of the best tight ends in the league for the, uh, the last couple of years he was hurt last year and they had a little bit the whole Wentz and Hurts thing he wasn't as good with Hurts and the year before that he was kind of hurt too but Ertz is legit he is a legit tight end that if you put him on this roster 
you're going to have a hard time doubling Diggs and leaving open Ertz over the top as well. And you're going to be leaving Beasley down low. And then Gabe Davis and Emmanuel Sanders, we know we're going to contribute as well. So I believe you get Ertz. You still obviously are going to keep Knox. Knox can even learn a little bit from Ertz and can turn into as good as uh, you could do a little double tight end with them as well. And I believe that's just a decision that we need to make. I don't want to go into the season. I'll say it again. The rich get richer. You can't right now. We're going into the season with the same exact offense, except we're just replacing John Brown with Emmanuel Sanders. So our offense was great, but you got to get better in the NFL. The rich only get richer. So right now, I'm asking for it. I want the Urch trade. I'm hitting my desk. You may be hearing, but I want it. That's the one trade right now, the one guy that if it's available for not that steep of a price, you go get him. And, I mean, I'm not going to complain about Bean. The guy's been fantastic with his signs and his trades, his digs trade. I'll talk about it another day. I talked about that in my first podcast. But it's just... If he's there, you go get him. You rich only get richer. More weapons, the better for Josh. So Ertz is a guy that I would like to see, and it wouldn't be very surprised if we go get. Another guy wouldn't be surprised if we trade Mario Addison. I mean, like I said before, if we we can't cut him because it would be $8 million in dead cap. So, And like I was saying, our D-line's deep. It's not like we got bad guys at the end there. Um if we see that Russo and Basham and Epinenza are guys that are going to need to get on the field right away, and they took some pretty big leaps in preseason, if we see that, you can easily see Mario Addison getting traded towards the end of training camp for maybe just a late-round pick or something, just to kind of open up a spot and make sure, again, we're getting our young guys the time that they deserve. Because he was it's not like he really was too great last year at all. I wasn't a big fan of his. I believe he was a little slow. Um... And then I'm really hope like that's just if they if I see the Bills trade Mario Addison, that's only good news for our young DNs is that they're really proving themselves in camp and they're proving themselves to be real playmakers out there. So two two trades that I would see are maybe Ertz coming in and then us maybe getting rid of Mario Addison would be the two things that I could see and wouldn't be very surprised at. Another guy that I know, so now moving on to a little signings and contracts. Some guy, we talked about the cornerback two position between Levi and Dane. Another guy that I saw visited the Bills that could be still on our radar would be Steve Nelson from the Steelers. He's a cornerback with experience. It's never it's never a bad thing to have too much experience at cornerback. One injury can ruin an entire defense. So I believe Steve Nelson is still on our radar. We can see him maybe coming in, maybe a little revenge game week one against the Steelers. So... That's not that's a name that you can look out for. Other signings, I don't I can't think of any right now, but Steven Nelson I know at the cornerback position, Ertz and Addison with trades. And then I want to finish talking about the Josh extension. So on my Bills Up Pod Twitter, I also made a poll. When do we think the Allen extension comes? And I did before the first preseason game or after the first preseason game. And it was a fifty-two to forty-eight split. So we can see that, Bills fans, we are not sure when this is going to come. And in my opinion, the more you wait, I think the more expensive it's going to get. It's obviously going to be expensive as how it's going to be expensive as much as like, I mean, it doesn't matter. Money's not an option. This guy's our quarterback. He's our future. He's our guy who's going to break Jim Kelly's records. That's what Jim Kelly said, and we're going to stick with it. All right. So this is our guy. Money shouldn't be an issue. But 
It is. Salary cap's an issue in the NFL, and I believe the longer you wait, the 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 more expensive it's going to get. Just a couple of comparable contracts, and then I'll give you my guess at the end of what he's going to get. Some comparable contracts of recent. Um, Mahomes obviously got his 10-year, $450 million, $63 million fully guaranteed. I don't see the Bills signing Josh to an 8- to 10-year deal. I just... I don't see that. It's a pretty crazy deal. I believe they're going to go with more of like the Watson and Prescott deal. Where So we'll go Watson went first in 2020. He got his four-year, 156 mil, 73 guaranteed. So that's going around a little bit less than 40. And then that moved up to next. the next quarterback would be Dak Prescott in 2021. He signed a four-year, 160 mil with 95 million guaranteed. So no matter what, Josh is getting more than Dak Prescott. You can guarantee that. So in my thoughts, I can see. I I just I don't see them doing the I don't see them doing the eight year deal. I don't see them doing that long term of a deal. It's a kind of just wild deal to deal with. So I mean I think we're gonna go. My final guess is going to be the four year. Let's go four-year, $168 million. We'll go with 96 fully guaranteed. That's what I'm thinking. I think four-year, he's going to get about $42 million a year. I think that's the number he's going to be at. And you get a lot of guaranteed money in that with the $96 million. You obviously will have incentives of Super Bowls and Pro Bowls and all other stuff like that incentives. But I believe his base salary would probably be a four-year, $160 eight million dollars that's going to be my guess we'll go back to that i'll tweet that around but that's all i want to talk about for this last segment our trades and signings where i got into some Ertz, some mario addison steve nelson possible name coming in and just our extension of our golden arm future hall of fame super bowl winning josh allen quarterback and we're going to keep that guy locked up and i don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon so That'll be our last segment for today. I want to thank everyone for listening. This has been great. I'm happy. This has been my first podcast doing it by myself. This will be our second podcast on the Bills pod. You're going to be expecting a lot more. When the season comes around, you'll be expecting pods um, right after games, either Sunday nights or Monday mornings. Then we'll obviously get pods going on during the middle of the week. And then we are going to, I'm definitely going to be doing some more pods. If something, any big news pops up, I'll hop on here, rant about it for a little bit, post it out there. So the the content's going to keep coming. So we got to keep our eyes on Roster Up Media. You know that where we go. Roster Up Media is the home to tangible insights in NFL and fantasy sports. You can find all your NFL needs, all your NFL information on Roster Up. You can find it on Twitter. You can find it on Instagram. You can find it on their website. And you can also find me on Bills Up Pod on Twitter. So that's where I'll be tweeting out all my ins, uh, NFL news, Bills news, polls, conversations. Hop on that now because we're already gaining a bunch of followers who are grabbing a bunch of conversations, polls, and very a lot of interesting topics to talk about. And then throughout the season, we'll be bringing in on some more guests. Maybe we'll bring in a couple of a uh, couple of other Bills fans, a couple of other. Other sports teams fans um, say we're playing the Steelers week one. Maybe I'll bring on a Steelers fan and talk about that. And you're going to get a lot from this pod this year. So stick around and only the best is yet to come. All right. I'll see you later, everyone. And like always, 
Go Bills.